I'm Ben Clunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. We're two entrepreneurial professionals based in Spokane, Washington. Join us on our journey to make 2019 the most prosperous of our lives. We'll bear all as we strive to improve all aspects of our business and our health and fitness, as well as our relationships personally and professionally. We aim to offer impactful insight into our business and personal lives. We'll share the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout our journey. With the ultimate goal of our business and fitness being in the best shape of our lives at the close of 2019. You're You're listening listening to the Ordinary Ordinary to Extraordinary Extraordinary Podcast. Like efficiency, where it's like... We picked this place because it was like the closest place to the house. Yeah. I just got a gym membership at the closest gym to this. You know, it's like everything is based on cutting. Yeah, just being able to like focus on content creation. Yeah. How much can you get done in a day? Sounds good so far. Mm -hmm. I I always say syllabus. That's my syllabus. 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 (laughs) Perfect, perfect. And we're recording already, by the way. Great. He always starts it early so that if somebody says something stupid, we can get it on a recording. <laughs> now, that yeah, why great, not? Because sometimes you don't have that. And like um, I've been on so many podcasts where you're having an interesting conversation. Yeah. But you have it when you're just kind of sitting down getting ready to yeah. record. And then it's more interesting than what you actually end up recording. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. man. Like, if only we would have had that on. Because we'll say inappropriate things to each other. And be like, did you get that on the recording? <laughs> we Dang it. Started yet. Dang. Such a good joke. That was such a good joke. You were we so funny. We fun of each other a lot. <laughs> so good it's healthy join our, in with it happy first to podcast we tried to put out yeah we couldn't get it on apple podcast for whatever reason like god why can't this why won't they freaking upload like what's wrong right. with this and it, like you went back and forth for days <laughs> and then finally he's like ah screw it explicit and it goes <laughs> bing and they <laughs> upload it <laughs> funny i only called you an asshole twice yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah they're picky though they really are even like uh some of the podcasts that are marked like clean lyrics yeah they're not necessarily clean it's like uh they'll they'll be clean for three episodes and then you'll see like one with like the e in it so it's like yeah they're really strict i think if you say Mm. even like shit that's it you can't be you You have to mark it made us explicit that's it you're explicit (laughs) and i gotta make sure that on our new one that like everything's coded because we just had to use uh, it's like a long story but like there's ad companies you use and our ad company is like in the middle of going to a different platform so like they will determine what hosting platform their podcasts have to use so huh. that they know that the playing field is even. Like they can't have one person on Libsyn, one person on Blueberry, one person over here because everybody measures analytics a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's annoying. We'll get used to one system and they're like, hey, uh, now huh. we're moving again. You know, and it's like, ah. And then sometimes, so then I had to set up a, curve uh, yeah, another constant. learning curve and then had to resubmit. And so I'm figuring all that out where it's like it took me a while to, um, it had been a while since I got time stuff going. And then with the new one, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that, like, some of them get submitted through the system. Some of them you have to individually submit. Some of them you have to refresh the feed because, I don't know, like, ah, there's just so many different places to listen that mm-hmm. it's – um, and, some, and you guys are yeah. doing it yourself, doing all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that I've just been doing um, – didn't you just mention how bad Google was as well? Google is. The oh yeah, worst. I had a terrible time with. You know, it's funny on the new podcast, uh, it went through easily, but they're like the approval process wasn't a problem. But we've had a problem. We've had a problem with Google uh, on previous app updates, where it, they just won't like they've denied one like for no reason whatsoever, or or took forever to approve mm-hmm. it. Um, and then the Google Play, like their actual player, in my opinion, is like the worst player out there. Agreed. It has RSS feed <laughs> problems where it's like 
su- suddenly like one of your episodes won't show up and you have to go in and manually like refresh the feed. Don't have to do that with anything else. Huh, yeah. just and, and it has no bells and whistles. And I'm like, you guys are Google. Yeah. Like you own <laughs> it's everything. You're one of the largest companies in the world. Like right. you figure you could maybe get that app? Hire another app guy. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Podcasts are an Apple thing though, right? And yeah, Google people don't think of Google. just don't work together. Right, yeah. right. You think they want to like compete with them so they'd at least be right? good at it. Yeah. Yeah, and and Android, I feel like most Android users, they they have, like, what, Podcast Addict, CastBox. There's a number of pretty popular players. Stitcher, Spotify. Stitcher. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Spotify is getting more popular. Mm -hmm. Pandora is getting, you know, like, a little bit more into the podcast game. Yeah, they um, needed to. They were going to lose their ass if they never, because Spotify killed them in the music Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, and then they partnered up with uh, SiriusXM, which, Mm -hmm. you know, has given them a new life in in the streaming game. And now on podcasts, what's they have a tricky thing where, and I'm trying to figure that out now. But you have to create a separate RSS feed just for them if you want to monetize through them. Wow! Because they don't yeah. do they have a completely different monetization system than everybody else. Where it's like uh, they're they monetize their content in house through their ads, and so with podcasts, they're trying to do that where it's like uh, rather than oh, through a company like a mid-roll or somebody we're with where they market your show to all their advertisers and then lease a mattress or, you know, um, Dollar Shave Club or whatever. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember all the – what's our new one? I don't remember. Airbanjo. Harry's. <laughs> one of our sponsors. <laughs> Airbanjo. 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 <laughs> but like one of those picks, picks your podcast specifically and then you, you make that deal directly. Mm-hmm. Pandora won't do that with podcasting where they sell volume. So they'll have like Ford – and Ford will be like, I just want to get this to three million ears or thirty million ears, and so they have to have a huge inventory of podcasts to then support. Like, okay, we can fill that, and then they just put it out on all of their podcasts, and then you just get a small percentage, you know, of whatever, uh, however many times your podcast gets listened to in that kind of deal. That's interesting. But, it, but it's, it's a totally different marketing system, yeah, yeah, than anybody else. So it's like navigating all that stuff, though, on top of you just creating content. Consulting too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, I'd have no interest. I have too many jobs. <laughs> <as it is. laughs> well, let's Why start not? with a quick intro. So we're here. We've already been gibbering for like five minutes. We're here with. <laughs> He's going to say a lot of weird words. And Scottish thing. Gibbering is a word, right? You're I like yeah, gibbering. We well, no, call you no, we too. say gibber. Gibberish, but I like gibbering. Right. Well, I call you a talking, little nipper chatting. too. Yeah. We, we, we little nipper. A wee little nipper. Yeah, wee little nipper. Whatever. We're I into it. Say we and little. It means the same thing. I've told you this a million times. <laughs> Damn it! Okay, keep going. <laughs> we or little. They both mean the same thing. So yeah, we're here with Dan and Lindsay Cummins from Time Suck and Scared to Death podcast, and more stuff coming. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. We have gifts for you. And oh, no- thank you. I hope okay. nobody has done this for you before. And I'm going in my pocket. <laughs> now it's getting weird. <laughs> Zip. Yeah. But saw these and figured you guys would appreciate it. Oh, oh my God. Oh, oh that's awesome. You know, we, we do have um, NASA pins, but not the not flat we checked. That oh, is awesome. That's awesome. Because I, I, now I want to wear colors. them. I want to wear them side by side <laughs> on my denim jacket, which is not where all pins belong. Checked. Oh, my God. Where all pins yeah. belong. Oh, that's awesome. Age. Thank you. You're always talking about the flat air stuff. So Yeah, the age of conspiracies. I love the vaccination ones. Yeah. You say the things yeah. that I want to say that I can't say because I'm like work in finance and it's sure. a professional, right? Right. I'm like, God, I just want to. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss so many people off with Monday's episode, and it's not even one I picked. <laughs> it was the Space Lizard kind of voted, you know, like the listeners oh, who okay. are on yeah. Patreon they get to vote, and they yeah, and so they voted and they picked uh, Mormonism, and I actually, it's uh, man, it's, it's giving me some anxiety because I have a lot of, I've had a lot of Mormon friends over the course and of my so life. They're so freaking nice. The nicest. So nice. Yeah. 
The culture is so nice. It's so great. It's very family oriented. Yeah. It, there's so many positive How things about it. Wrong about them. But then, but then when you look into the method, like I have to take a critical thinking analytical approach to the origin story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the origin story is not well constructed. Oh, it's it horrific. just isn't. Yeah. Horrific like, it, is it just, a ob- objectively. Word. Objectively, it's just not. So let me get well this straight, Joseph. Yeah. How many waves was that, Joseph? <laughs> and, oh, and, and, and when you go beyond that, there's just like uh, not even in the like the moral judgment thing, but when you look at like they made very specific archaeological claims, like the Garden of Eden is. Uh, Davies County, Missouri, for sure. And, 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 it, and it happened in this time frame, for okay. sure. And there was these civilizations living in the Americas at this time frame, for sure, that had these animals, that had that had steel, that had all these things. In fact, in fact, I have been to Missouri, and I will say that is not any kind of a garden. But it, yeah, there's no Eden about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's not like creationist versus science, where they're like, like you can like reinterpret that, or you can say like, well, you know, days might have meant this to you know mm-hmm. uh, the 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 people who are writing the book, as opposed to like our concept of a day. You can't do that with their claim. Like they were so specific. They were talking about people living in the America, the Americas, specifically around like Missouri, mostly that had cattle, sheep, uh, all these wheat. Those things didn't exist in before, America yeah. before the uh, Europeans brought them. Mm-hmm. Steel weapons, wheels. Nope, nope. <laughs> you know, it's like so. It's like that's inherently offensive to say. Yeah. And then there's other little things like well, just you before, definitely aren't supposed to question it in Mormonism either. No, no. Huh? Like, just, don't you go questioning that? Well, no, yeah. You're not going to use your planet. Yeah. And then they have an interesting thing where their president is... I want a planet. ...considered a living prophet. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about... Yeah, exactly that. There's there's the living prophet where they're the only branch of Christianity, which some Christians wouldn't even call it a branch, but whatever, yeah. um, that can update their doctrine. Where mm-hmm. be like the more than the Pope can. Because it's like the Pope can make like reinterpretations uh, where Mormons can actually be like, no, we... We have this new vision. Scratch that. And new scratch vision. that. And, this, and, <laughs> and now they just said last year, you're not supposed to say the term Mormon. Well, this is my favorite thing. This this yeah. enraged. Just before you guys came in here, I found this research and I'm like, oh no, this is going to make so many people mad. But like, I, I got to say it <laughs> where they say that like, you know, their current president prophet says you, you, uh, this is a derogatory term. It was never meant to be, we were never meant to be referred to as Mormons. Mormonism, it's over the years. It's, it's, uh, become like a negative connotation huh. and it's the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints like be referred to as that it's title in- all the time entirety. lengthy yeah. it's a pretty lengthy thing so they're like but no lds somehow that's out oh that's out too lds is out okay. that's bad and, th- and they said they wanted to be ch- now i'm trying to remember the terminology but it was what they came up with a an abbreviated version was the restored Church of Jesus Christ, which oh, what they, well, what they mean it's like by that brand is marketing. Yeah, what they mean totally. by exactly all, is all other Christian churches are inferior. So mm-hmm. I, I was trying to use this analogy right before you guys came in. I was working on this about like that's like me saying that don't refer to Time Suck as Time Suck anymore. Refer to it as the one and only true podcast, and all other podcasts are inferior <laughs> to Time Suck. It's like I'm I like, think you probably have some people that believe that actually. Oh right, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like man, religion. The religion episodes are always tough because. I can't. Yeah. I gotta just approach it the same way. Have you done the Seventh Day Adventists? I, I don't know no, if I've done that one yet. I haven't done like the Seventh Day Adventists. Like, that. That's multiple. Yep, multiple uh, branch. But I've referenced that. Like Branch Davidians come out of Seventh Day Adventists. Uh, Ant Hill Kids, which is a live show we've done, mm-hmm. come out of Seventh Day Adventists because the Seventh Day Adventists believe in the concept of modern prophets. And whenever you go to that, people can be a prophet now. You open up the floodgates to cult leaders mm-hmm. yeah. because because now you've trained people to believe that somebody can speak on God's behalf now 
So now you're not like interpreting some book as like, oh, this is what this old book says we should do and what people. Now it's like, what does Steve say we should do? <laughs> what does you don't want to ask that. Steve talks. <laughs> no, you do not. Steve speaks Everybody for God. Everybody take your clothes off. <laughs> and that's how it starts. Yeah. It always ends that Except way. Except the men. That's right. <laughs> that's my favorite thing with like 90% of cults is it's, yeah, different stories, different eras, but it's almost always the same pattern. It's one guy, guy. Yep, yeah. it's guy who has a healthy ego and was raised religious, you know, knows the book, doesn't went through a period of questioning where basically like doesn't really believe it, but then figures out if I sell this to the right people, I can kind of tweak it and, mm-hmm. and, and have them kind of worship me. And it always starts off with like nice things, community, we're just taking care of each other, then <laughs> yeah. let's, li- let's live with each other, then sell your stuff to support what we're doing here for this vision. And then after people have sold their stuff and committed their lives, then there's the day of... You gave all your stuff to hey the guys, church, too. Yeah. God, talk yeah. to me. And uh, new thing we're going to do here. Uh, my dick's the only one that gets to be used. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that's what God wants. That's what God this wants. is kind of appealing to me. This is actually pretty cool. <laughs> Give up podcasting most, and go into cult leadership. Yeah, seriously, drop it all. We had the most interesting dinner conversation I will ever have one night when our friends dropped on us that... Her parents died in the Waco massacre. Oh, wow. They were kids and they had to kiss Oh, my David God. Koresh I think I know way. here in this area, I bet yeah, I know who you're you know, talking about no, because you know I went. I'm yep, about, yep, probably. exactly. I mean, they might own a gym just right up the road, too. Yep, and I was yeah. um, really good friends with their brother in college. Oh, oh, I. Yep. Oh, really? You, you ding, know, ding, yes. ding, ding. So, yeah, we won't say so, the name, but yeah. Great people. Hmm? Great but, people. Great they people. dropped that on us at dinner one night. We were having pizza and beer. I'm like, what the heck? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But, oh, the stories that they were telling that come out of that too, as yeah. children. Wow. Like, yeah. Well, I. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. That was such a crazy thing. Where, yeah, same thing. Where, like, pe- people. That yeah. was a weird thing where people um spun it as this. Uh, it's interesting whenever there's a raid on a compound like that, or I guess there hasn't been that many stories. But when, well, I mean, the Mormons, you know, like Joseph Smith was lynched, and it's like there's you know people, and then there's a certain segment of the population. It's like, oh my God, what a crazy example of a uh, you know bullyish government cracking down, you know, going against religious freedom. But it's like, no, no, no. no. They were going. They were trying to save people from exploiting children or exploiting people's rights, yeah. and they made that weird argument with like the Branch Davidians, like, "Oh, you know, you should have just left him alone." It's like, no, you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Like he was molesting kids yeah. and also <laughs> training, wrong. training an army. Like they were yeah. armed with semi-automatic weapons, doing militia drills. Like they were ready to fight the government. There's like, a point uh-uh. where the two A doesn't take precedence here. It's like he yeah. has yeah. an arsenal. Well, this you start yep. breaking the yep. law. That, I mean, that's... he's a he's a pedophile with an arsenal that thinks yeah. he's God. I vote take him out. Yeah. yeah. The crazy yeah. thing Do us is, all a favor, please. <laughs> yeah. With with few exceptions, those cult leader types. Yeah. The level of intelligence, like if they were to apply themselves oh, to yeah. something productive. What they could accomplish, no or what, right. they could, yeah. Yeah, what they could do in society, in po- right? Positive is crazy. Yeah. yeah, if they weren't so narcissistic, because mm-hmm. you know, like what they accomplish, they're they're you know, if you're a narcissist, what's better than being a cult leader? Yeah, you know, yeah. like 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 there also is no it's like, it's like ego, yeah. right? It's like oh, you can make a lot of money in the corporate. It's like or you could have fifteen different people suck your dick. <laughs> and give you all their money. And give you all their money. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you'll make the same. Yeah. So you might make the same and don't have sex more. Yeah. Win, yeah. win. And it's holy. And it's holy. That's <laughs> yeah. so what God's want. Oh my God, that was Rasputin. Speaking of like, he was cult-ish, you know, like he had the uh, the czars, the, the mm-hmm. Nicholas, you know, like kind of entranced. But there was a this story about him where he would have women take the sacrament and the sacrament literally was his dick. Oh, <laughs> he spun it as like that's the sacrament. 
I am giving you God's life. Wow. Well, I'm yeah. That's brilliant. And I was an altar boy. He's like, that's not right. I was raised Catholic. You weren't, yeah. you weren't sexy I'm still enough. Technically Catholic, but yeah. Yeah. I go to mass and I, I still go to mass, but I joked about this actually uh, a couple of podcasts ago. We interviewed a girl called Rachel Rowley. Okay. Um, she's into health and fitness and yeah. does the WBF or WBFF show, right? right? BFF, yeah. best friend forever. That's how it's not what it's saying. It's for, I know. I was like, yeah. I don't think that's, that's right. And, fitness and competitions. Yeah, bikini wow. fitness competitions. Oh yeah, yeah. Intense, yeah. You would go to confession and you'd tell tell them what you did. Yeah. You'd hear them unzipping. You know. Oh, <laughs> Keep going, son. Tell me more. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I went to a Catholic university. And we're gonna get <laughs> and uh, well, I went to Gonzaga, you know, like with the yeah. Jesuits, and uh, phenomenal teachers, phenomenal yeah. educators. But I, but I, I did learn. I mean, I wasn't raised Catholic like Lindsay was, but um, I had explained to me one time that, and I thought this was such a crazy thing that basically, you know, like not forbidden or sinful to be homosexual, forbidden or uh, sinful to act on it. Yeah, right. And, yes. and, and I'm like, yeah. so, so then you're you're taking people. So it's like a calling to the priesthood. You know, it's like a way out. It's like, okay, well, I'm not supposed to have sex and follow my natural impulses. So now I get to, you know, work for God. My life. But, I'm like, yeah. but what a crazy to take people and just with that level of sexual tension. And it's like, bad things are bound to happen. You're going to be when the you, ones that when impart you, all of the religious wisdom upon everyone And else. when you yeah, restrict somebody's sexuality, and it's like, because then also in addition to homosexuality, you could also uh, take that as, well, if somebody has pedophilia urges, uh, but they're also a strong Catholic... Uh, I feel bad for them where they're they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to uh, make their urges go away and just de- dedicate their life to God. But then they are put in front of the most temptation possible for that kind of person <laughs> yeah, and given like, authority mm-hmm. of them. It's like, what a terrible situation to create. Like, like would you have an, alcohol- an alcoholic run a bar? Yeah. Right, right, like, right. Which is funny because I think I know a couple of those types of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've met them. So there's like, a guy in Spokane. Yeah. yeah, no, you're there's fine. There's a guy in Spokane. His name's Ron Eberle, and he wrote a book huh. about this. He was in the seminary to be a priest. Yeah. And he met a girl who was going to be a nun. Oh, did they get married? They've been married for 50 years. I love it. Oh, my God. Company. That's oh, awesome. Married for 50 years, and he wrote a book about how yeah. the, the asking Catholic priests to be celibate is unnatural. Absolutely. And he, he gives, yeah. like, literally, just, yeah, it's not natural. Right, you know? it's not. And, it, and it's not even biblical in the sense that, like, you know, there was those, uh, oh, the Gnostic Gospels. I mean, mm-hmm. there was plenty of things that weren't put canonized. Or um, how is that? Am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can I? They weren't. They weren't. Um, you know, put it put into the book that really alluded to Jesus having a wife and Jesus. So it's like mm-hmm. so they they took something, twisted it early on, and then are trying to model something that might not have been accurate in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's just not natural. It's just. I mean, the whole. And again, talking about like Mormonism offending people, it's like. I have a lot of great Catholic friends. Love you know, love a lot of aspects yeah, of her. Mm-hmm. Lindsay's mom is a fantastic Catholic, but that part of religion is just fucked up. Yeah, like there's no way to look at it and not say if you're just being logical and unemotional and outside. Yeah, we've had of, like, a lot of religion talks lately on the podcast too. Well, it's such a big part of life yeah, too. So yeah, yeah. wouldn't to you love access to the papal library where all that? Oh my shit god! Oh my gosh! Like, what, yes. Why are you hiding this shit? Take pictures and upload it on the internet so people can read it. Yeah, it would, yeah. It would destroy them. <laughs> yeah. They, they, maybe, it would, it would, maybe it wouldn't. Imagine yeah. how much more relatable the Catholic Church would be if they're like, hey, read this shit. Yeah. Interpret yeah. it yourself. If, well, if they threw it out there and then also were willing to apologize for hiding it and for, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but, but we're willing to like, okay, we have to and make changes. Because mm-hmm. I imagine that's what I always think their, their motivation is to hide that is because what if what they would release 
would very clearly state that the priesthood has no basis in like biblical. It's like that's their entire business model. <laughs> yeah, that comes crashing down. Right. Well, they could just rebrand right. it and call it like their restored Catholicism or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, true. Okay. that's yeah. true. And that's they true. say that they're the best as well. And if the okay. Mormons yeah. can do it, I mean, it would be cool if it would be cool to see them like do that. I mean, uh, well, they are. I, I read an article not that long ago that they are. First of all, they're having a hard time getting anybody to be a priest anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's. I mean, it comes with a stigma. We know yeah. that. Those right. Are loaded though. Yeah, on real estate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. <laughs> um, but they are talking about trying to figure out, should we start letting women in? Should we start yeah. letting them be married? Like, how are we going to sustain this? Because yeah. they are at a point now where they will take anybody who's willing to do the job because no one wants the fucking job. Yeah. Right, right. You, immediately, if, if our son's like, oh, I want to be a priest, we're open and accepting. But somebody else is going to be like, oh, see a kid diddler? Like right, that's the immediate right. thing diddler. that they say. Yeah, yeah. Right? Pope Francis seems pretty liberal. Maybe he'll... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's trying. Been, he's been changing some stuff already. I yeah. think within the next 20 years, you're going to have priests that are married and female priests. I bet, I think yeah. so. Too bad Pope Francis... I don't know how old is he, but if he was, if he can live long enough, he seems to be chipping away at some stuff. Like they just reversed... Uh, just recently a stance on like the death penalty mm-hmm. as far as a Catholic catechism and interpretation mm-hmm. that has been like the reversal of what they've preached for what almost 2,000 years yeah and yeah. he's like nah, ah, that's not how I see it you know maybe he can make some other yeah. changes different interpretations well yeah because yeah. that'll affect politics too because there are, mm-hmm. yeah, if, they, if the Catholic Church changes their stance on uh, the death penalty abortion yeah. Oh, yeah. if they start I mean they are trying to be more open to and accepting control. Yep. right birth yep. control yep. Uh, gay lesbian transgender like as they change that that will have a huge shift on politics because yeah. generally speaking if you are pro-life and Catholic yeah. and blah, 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 you vote to the Republican right. side. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if that's no longer the thread well, that yeah. holds well, you to that party. Yeah, it would change things a lot, especially Latin America. I mean, because I, I was, oh, I, I would yeah. kind of think like, how are they still really like, you know, like they don't seem that relevant like uh, where I have lived in the U.S., like like Southern California, different places. It just uh, it seems like they're, they peaked a long time ago and like how are they kind of still around? But then, like, we were in Peru a few months ago. Oh, yeah. And I remember one of our tour guides was like, oh, it's 98% Catholic here. Yeah. Like, like, he actually threw that number out. He's like, everybody is Catholic. <laughs> you know, it's like... And it's, practicing and daily practicing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there was masses Fasting all over the place. And, we went, yeah. uh, churches every... Oh, yeah. And, and like... on Fridays, all that fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it still has, like, a, a major foothold in many, many heavily populated countries. Yeah. yeah. I'm only just recently removed from that and that I, I'm 37. Yeah, growing up in Scotland, my mum's side of the family is all Irish Catholic. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, we had to Hardcore. go to my grandma's house to do rosaries on Thursdays and right. Fridays. You only ate fish; you didn't weren't allowed meat. And yeah, how I did mean, the Scots get away with it? Because I thought the Anglican Church was pushed pretty heavy on Scotland too. But I guess I guess uh, well, we got a lot of so the potato famine forced a lot of Irish to Scotland. Oh, so you're more recent? I got it. I got yeah. it. So you came out because if you were in Scotland like a long time ago, they were like, uh, uh-uh. uh, Catholics. Well, like, Get it's out, right? always been kind of a split, and we have we have soccer teams that are you can only like one if you're Catholic and one if you're Protestant. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would yeah. Be, if you, if I mean, that would be an interesting subject for you. Just like Northern Ireland. Have you ever done a Northern Ireland? Type I did stuff? an IRA one. Yeah, but, that, uh, I remember the IRA. My one. worst accent ever. But uh, <laughs> let's hear it. No, I can't even. I'm so good. It, I, it traumatized me. Just all the just yeah. trying to do it. I'm like, I could not do it for some reason. But um, but yeah, I, I learned. A, 
I didn't really go into Scotland, I don't think much. But yeah, but that but the history of like Northern mm-hmm. Ireland. Well, that whole area is very unique, actually, the British Isles. Absolutely. Because like, uh, you know, all of it kind of is just goes back to Germanic tribes if you go back far enough. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Lindsay's also like Polish and German. There but like, go. you know, like they went up into Scandinavia and then, you know, and then a different group went into like the Gauls, whatever, like like France. And then mm-hmm. they came over to England. But it's funny how people evolve. And then it's like a couple generations later. Well, it's like what we're experiencing in this country in some ways. But then a couple of generations later, it's like, nah, no, 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 we're different now. We're different. No, no, we're 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 uh, we're Brits, <laughs> and you guys are totally different. And it's like, well, your cousins. Yeah. But it's like, no. And then and then the cousins are seen as the invaders. And it's like, well, you, you all came from the same little genetic, you know, crockpot. Yeah, you're only a couple yeah. hundred years apart. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's funny you're talking about everything being unique over there. You you've mentioned on so the first podcast I always tell people to listen to when I'm telling them to listen to Time Suck is the Hatfields and McCoys oh, yeah, I think it's just yip, 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 it's, a, it's super <laughs> it's super easy we always going. tell them to listen oh, yeah. to it's 22 not, minutes in it's not very dark it's just oh, kind yeah. of comedic right and most people have seen the history was it history or who did that show uh, History Channel yeah. did a great yeah. uh, so little mini series on it they think they know and then that was actually pretty accurate for the most mm-hmm. part yeah it was Yeah. so I tell them to listen to that mostly because someone where I die laughing too. yeah the part the part Hot folk, hot folk. Yeah. That and just everything. I mean, when you're talking about... You spilled that seed children. outside of me. <laughs> 17 children one. I told my mom about that. Yeah. But, She's uh, like, I don't know who this guy is, but he sounds funny. You <laughs> Your mom is right. Yeah. The Scottish yeah. origin of hillbilly and redneck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, 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 Scott-Irish. I, like I, I did not know that. Yeah. And then um, Moonshine is. is actually descendant of Scotland as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I know that. those bastard English, they outlawed yeah. whiskey. Okay. And the only way they could catch people making whiskey was when the moon was out and they could see the smoke. No so way. That's cool. That's yeah. cool that is so trivia. cool. And then they yeah. started doing it over here. So pretty much wow. every re- every redneck uh, stereotype right. was from Scotland. And I'm so proud of that. I know, it is <laughs> you funny. should be. <laughs> my, my, uh, there are a lot of them, actually. <laughs> my main genetic is um, uh, like British Isles, but I think within the British Isles specifically from what my family, like Uncle Phil I was talking to my recently, and he's done some you know, genetic research. But our family does come from Scotland as well. Mm-hmm. So like Cummins is a Scottish name. Um, you know, Scottish name, but it's like, yeah, it is funny to me because it's like my dad and his brothers are so fiery and, um, and oh just kind of crazy in that way. And then as you read all these stories about like Andrew Jackson, all these people, it's like there is something in Scottish blood. It's just, a, it's a fiery people. Yeah. That makes like sense. Like they're really like overall, like. That makes sense. Have you ever looked at the list of shit that we invented? And when I say we, I mean he's, Scottish. He's really no, uh, this list. Penicillin, so, steam engine, swear to God, telephone. Television. That's awesome. Yeah. Look up a list of Scottish inventions. I mean, we pull it up on your phone. And then that's <laughs> very cool. That's very God, cool. Just, uh, yeah. just, you didn't do it, though. Well, ingenuity. You didn't do it. Everybody would be walking around with shit growing on their dicks if it wasn't for Scotland. <laughs> 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 Scotland. Somebody that's was like, awesome. Some oh, Let's see God. if that kills shit. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 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 that's awesome. I should have done this with a beer. <laughs> you did a drunk one, didn't you? I'm trying to talk I did. into it. I did. Oh, yeah. uh, you don't have to talk. It was fun. It. Do we it. did it together. Yeah, she. Well, yeah, she, oh, well, he got very I drunk. I recruited her he because I couldn't then, finish because I didn't know what was happening. I anymore. had to come in and save him from himself. I was pretty proud though. After all that, maybe another Scottish. I never, never threw up or anything. Never got sick. No. I just you got, got drunk on like you recorded and put it out too. Mm-hmm. I just, oh, I just yeah. like what we do is I would, uh, I drank before. Would record like 20 minutes or so. Okay. Would take a break and have a few more drinks. Okay. And then give myself a few minutes for that to come this in. This is and like then... the freaking DUI test that we have to do with the Washington State Patrol. <laughs> yeah, that's like our trip. friend was a DUI prosecutor. Yeah. So they do wet yeah. where you come in, 
you have your drink of choice and they you come in and they're like you have to drink this if I like gin and soda you have to drink yeah. this gin and soda within 15 minutes and then you gotta drink another one within another 15 minutes and, and then, then your blood you. toxicity oh, levels okay. oh okay that, that's and, cool and then yeah. so you're blasted by the end of it with the police right funny and they're like here's some tacos they peel back this curtain and make the the one room that you're in into like one huge room yeah and there's like 20 brand new DUI prosecutors and wow. they have to be able before they can prosecute they have to have seen what someone's eyes look like when they're drunk oh what how they interesting do when they're when they're doing interesting the nose touching yeah it's if you guys want to do it people. we can set it That's up so it's funny. a ton of fun <laughs> sounds super fun and we showed up with a cribbage board and cards and we're they and they're like, what are you doing? Because I took the longest to get drunk, and they started having me do a drink and a shot. So everybody <laughs> else is drunk, and you have to be least. I stayed blood. drunk the longest. That's what I was thinking. Well, yeah, that's funny. a Scottish blood. <laughs> Alcoholism runs in their veins. Really let's jump, let's jump into uh, comedy. All right. How do you start a comedy career? Oh man, uh, <laughs> were you always funny? Did your mom think you were funny? Oh, that's funny. I just have a joke. Uh, yeah, kind of. But it's, uh, what's funny is my mom thought I was. Yeah, she thought I was funny. I'd have a style of humor on her. That's 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 funny to bring up the mom thing though, because I have a, a joke that she is not going to like. Oh, uh-huh. you are going to be in so much trouble. So much on the next special. But it's just um uh I, I talk about like how soft parenting ruins kids, and like uh, people who just uh, don't criticize enough like yeah. their kids and, and over compliment just baby them. Yes, yeah, so and, annoying. And I met a guy early on in comedy you who want a cake pop. Right, right, right. Yeah. I met a guy in Spokane where I started doing comedy really early on, like within months of getting started, who he came to the show with his mom and he bombed, but then his mom thought he was hilarious and he was like, I don't know what the crowd's problem was. My mom thought it was funny. And I make a joke about how we thought it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Not good. Red flag. (laughs) But my mom kind of motivated me where she, um, she thinks my too dirty, too mean, too violent, like my sense of humor is just not hers. But, uh, um, and I have a, Terrible joke about her uh, oh, in no. a new thing, but um, that's gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I started in Spokane, and it's everybody has a different way of getting into stand up. Generally, though, you do an amateur night. Generally, though, yeah. like you find an amateur night. Mine was weird, where um, there wasn't much of an amateur night scene in Spokane. Usually, what happens yeah. when somebody starts in stand up is they do open mics, you know, where where you just have to sign up, and and then there's different levels of open mics. There's like the shitty bar. They're having a hard time getting it's anybody like a to Miss come Maisel there. Thing, right? Where you gotta. Go I haven't late seen that, but I know. Oh, but I heard funny. it's good. I've heard, I heard it's good. So good. But it's like you know, you you start off there, at just some place that will take anyone at all, and then you, and then if you, that's where you get up on stage, and then other kind of people getting off, you know, see getting started. Thinks, yeah, see your mom thinks. Yeah, yeah. see if she laughs or not. Some of them will inevitably be a little farther along than you, and so if they like you, they'll be like, hey, you should come do this other show, and then you kind of like bounce and network the community. Yeah, yeah, community, and slowly get to where you're doing like real quote unquote gigs as far as like paid or or you know hosting or doing a spot like in front of a paid audience and then you huh. kind of like slowly build up in Spokane they only had one open mic it only lasted six months or so just timing was good when I started Sunday night at a bar called the season ticket oh uh, yeah yeah Spokane <laughs> arena uh, oh, right across the street there in that Value Village parking yep. lot bingo now right I don't that's know what it is why that's why bingo. Shuffleboard oh funny yeah. oh funny shuffleboard. It was, yeah with the bar yeah there yeah. and and uh I did it one time. They asked me to come back. I did it a second time. And then Spokane, I just benefited that the owners of the clubs, it's it's a weird spot where they had small comedy rooms, but they, they never had a good booker until the last few years that would bring in, like, national acts and, like, pay them a lot. Like, like Spokane Comedy Club now is a good club. Yeah. There was nothing like that when I started. No. And yeah. and so – and it's uh, not close to anywhere. It's not, it's not like it's an hour from Seattle, so you can have, like, a, a good comic just come over for a night or mm-hmm. something. And so what these clubs would do is they would only pay the headliners. They would get kind of garbage headliners 
or just book themselves, a group of local comics, and they wouldn't pay uh, or pay very little to anyone opening up the show. And so they couldn't really hire people from outside the area because it wouldn't be they would lose money to go do the gig. Mm-hmm. So they'd end up kind of using the same people over and over, and they were desperate for just fresh bodies. Oh. And so it was a perfect time. I didn't know at the time but it was such a perfect place, but to get started, where all I had to do was just not ruin the show. Just, show up. <laughs> just say something different than the audience that's been coming has been hearing every week. It doesn't have to be great. Just don't be what the other guys are already doing. Just say something different. And you're good. Yeah. yeah. Be like, and I had done stand a sketch comedy in college, and so I had a little bit of stage presence. And so, just kind of by luck, I happened to be better than the other people getting started. Which then gave me more stage time, which, um, and then I was good about like utilizing it. And instead of just a lot of comics starting off, they get a few, they kind of, they don't work at it out. They just show up, hope that they're funny, and then try again the next time and don't really like record or edit or listen. I was, I was fresh out of college and I treated it like, like a class almost. Mm -hmm. Like I was studying it and I read books and I like tried to like learn from every single time I was on stage and that kind of accelerated my growth a little bit. And then really early on, also because of Spokane, there was a guy named David Tribble who booked these horrible bar gigs. It sounds familiar. Tribble runs, they call them. And they're infamous among certain comics. Infamous. I, I swear to God, every club you go to, Someone's someone is talking one. about like, oh, Tribble. Oh, yeah. And he and he was always great to me. Uh, but he he would book you and like you would do like uh, Missoula, Montana – the Inn on Broadway, some hotel bar on a Tuesday night, and then and then you would go to Great <laughs> Already Falls, sounds terrible, the, the right? Eight Ball, you know, in Great Falls, Montana, the like a, like like a like a bar out of like Roadhouse, the original, <laughs> where people are like getting in fights in the crowd, <laughs> and, and you're Swayze, yeah, yeah. And then you would go to like Idaho Falls, and you would be basically doing a show that was the opening act for like a dance party, like you know, like <laughs> terrible <laughs> gigs. You don't even have a stage sometimes, like you're just on a dance floor or whatever. They paid two hundred dollars to headline, hundred dollars to open up. It took a, lo- a lot of money to get there, and same thing. They were having trouble finding bodies, and I happened to be in Spokane, located where I was in the middle of a lot of those bars. Ah, it's a little easier to get to. Right. And so what? So what he would do is he would he would he would book me all the time, starting like three months in, and just say like I had a dependable car coming out of college. I wasn't a piece of shit that was going to try and fuck every waitress, or like like they really just had some of them. A lot of. <laughs> 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 he was married. Time. Yeah, and, and like, right, yeah. yeah, and so they they would have problems that way too. Where like they would book some comic, he would get hammered, make an oh, ass of no. himself, and then it would cost the promoter the gig. Oh. And so he's like, this kid's stable, he's trying hard, and so I got to do tons of those runs because I would also drive the headliner to all the gigs, so they could fly into Spokane. I would pick him up, I would take him everywhere, uh, and, and I wouldn't cause problems. I wouldn't complain. And for like a year and a half, I just did those things a couple times a month, a couple runs. So I got crazy stage time, which you, is not the norm. You met people as well. You met headliners. Yeah, I met headliners. Yeah, you know, you some of them. Car time with them. Got car time. You know, you learn about the business. And so I got, unbeknownst to me, like put in like an accelerated kind of learning program early right. on. And then and then I eventually I went to Seattle and bounced out to everything else. But we were watching some of your, and I've been watching your stand up the last couple of nights too. Yeah. Just <laughs> awkwardly laughing by myself at home. My wife's really wondering what I'm doing. But uh, the, was there a Jay Leno moment or any of those that kind of catapulted you, you felt like, after? I mean, there was a couple of big names that you showed up on, it seemed like, early on. Yeah, I did do some late-night stuff. Uh, I thought there were going to be – it's funny. I, I got in with Comedy Central looking back way too early. But um, but it was great. But I got um, five or six years in after my first ever mic, I did like this show called Live at Gotham, which is like their intro. Actually, the year before that, I did the Montreal Comedy Festival, New Faces. Yeah. At the time, was the biggest festival showcase in the world. 
That got me in front of a lot of bookers. They liked how quirky and I guess different I seemed. That got me on like uh, said that attracted Lindsay to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, later, later, uh, and then Comedy <laughs> Central. Her face right now, if you could see that. <laughs> <laughs> I then, don't know if that was it. And then later, I did uh, like next year live at Gotham. They liked that. The bookers happened to be for a lot of Comedy Central specials that time with these two ladies who are my age, my sensibility. They liked me. They booked me for a half hour special called Comedy Central Presents the next year. And then booked me for a hour special the year after that, which was almost unheard of to go boom, boom, boom. But mm-hmm. and, and again, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. And then I had the toughest moment of my career where I thought once you got an hour special, you um, it just catapulted your career. I'm thinking of like a kid HBO specials, all that stuff. But Comedy Central, um, it's funny, their specials have gotten so bad as far as unless you're like – unless you're Kevin Hart or somebody where they're going to advertise – something all the time mm-hmm. but if you're not what they do is like every month or so they'll put out somebody and they debut them at like saturday at midnight or sunday at midnight they won't re-air them very often and so it's kind of like a forgotten special yeah and so when mine came out i'm finding now it's weird lately last couple of years a lot of people are like hey man i first heard of you through that crazy with the capital f special but i was like 10 and now they're old <laughs> enough to come out to the show um, so a lot of kids oh, watched. Wow. So <laughs> awkward. Doing a lot of early on marketing. Didn't even <laughs> I didn't even know it. But, but it didn't, um, you know, none of those things were like my big moment as far as that, uh, that broke me. It's funny how the, but they all contributed. It they all contributed. Like, yeah, you know, you know, like it was now, un- sounds like. what my, I didn't have a big, like one thing, but, but the way things have changed, I got frustrated when, you know, I put out an album, it wouldn't get the reception I was kind of hoping for as far as career change. And then I would get right back to work on the next album. Yeah. And I put out another one. And then after I put out like four of those, I didn't realize it, but I was building a pretty sizable fan base on Pandora. They had a comedy station and I was getting tons of plays there. And I literally had no idea. Were you getting royalties from it at least? I didn't even know that at first. Yes, I got them all eventually. <laughs> but but uh, my manager at the time was not uh, in tune with what was going on there. And no one even told me to register for royalties. So I had no idea there was this company called or organization called Sound Exchange out there that collects those kind of royalties on your behalf. And I'd been being played on like three or four years before I ever even found out about it. Huh. And so it was awesome once I found out because I was like, oh, cool, this big like catch-up check. And then um, and then ever since then, you know, you get like a monthly thing. But, but, but also it's like I was building these stations and then I got to meet the people of Pandora, their comedy directors. Oh, that's cool. They took a liking to me. They showed me my analytics in-house like a little bit more hmm. in-depth and were like, dude, you're killing it on these things. And I was like, cool. And so that motivated me to write more albums. And so it wasn't like a moment where all of a sudden people are coming out, but the more I would get played, the more people come out to shows. And then Pandora launched a marketing program at the same time TimeSuck came out where if you uh, were an artist on Pandora, and you can still do it now, but I was in the beta program. I think it's called AMP. It's changed mm-hmm. its name a little bit, but I think AMP, yeah, where you get to, you have like a special login on the Pandora app that takes you to your artist profile. And you can create a 15-second sound message whenever you want, put in the link, and you can say, hey, this is Dan Cummins. Uh, thanks for listening to my station. Uh, check out my new podcast, Time Suck. Uh, click the link and get listening. You know, yeah. Whatever you want to say, and I started doing that, and because I'd been building this audience for several years, at that point, six or seven years, the audience started doubling every single week. Just I would do messages every week of time suck, of time suck. Yeah. and it just yeah, like exponentially great. kind of. So, so you know, it's funny like uh, when we have people come in here and they see like, oh man, that's so lucky that you just started doing this podcast and kind of took off. I'm like, 
Well, it took off because I've been grinding at stand-up for 17 years. fucking years before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's like I'm 42, and I've been, I've been doing this stuff for almost 20 years now. So it's like – Overnight success, right? Overnight yeah. success. Yeah. yeah. You look good for 42. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. It's okay. What's it, yeah, subpar. Yeah, subpar. <laughs> What's it like being married to a comedian? I mean, marriage should be hard enough as it is, let alone yes. – <laughs> Well, you know what's funny? It's like people are always like, oh, is he so funny at home? Yeah. He's so quiet. He's so introverted, which is... It's like a switch he just turns on or off or something? I don't, I don't even know if it's a switch so much as like, um, in my opinion... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no. In my opinion, uh, you can argue about this Dan, <laughs> Dan likes to be on stage in the sense that he has a message that he wants to share. He really believes in like making people laugh and community and continuing to learn and his comedy always has a lesson somewhere in there Uh so in on stage he has a captive audience right it's kind of like being a teacher right no one's going to interrupt you if they do you can have them kicked out of the club right like they have to sit and listen that's what they came for cultish leader type (laughs) everybody gets to keep their clothes on so that's good (laughs) at home that's a shame i know well i don't know have you been to (laughs) a comedy show i was gonna say i have a feeling (laughs) yeah actually depends on who's come out that night But at home, I'm the boss. I like I like to be in control. So I don't know. We just fall into our different roles. And for us, we just happen to be a bit more of a traditional couple that way. Where like I enjoy doing all the stuff for the kids and the planning and the playdates yeah, and cool. all that crap. Yeah. But I, I'm never worried about him. I don't know, like taking something private that happens in our life and exposing it to the world without yeah. my permission. I was gonna say mm-hmm. he talked about your, you know, escalator. The fall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yeah. I, that was another moment where I nearly crashed the car. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> she led with her fucking face. I sure did. <laughs> that, Dan started doing that bit right after it happened. Yeah, that like show. he, that night had a show. wherever he goes, oh, he he finds a way to kind of localize his opening. Right, some colloquialisms, just making it relatable, getting the audience on his side. And so I had never seen him do stand up before. We were on our first trip together, and he opened with that, and I was like, oh. So my life is on display like, now. This is great. This is. But great. it was yeah. so funny that I wasn't even mad. I was like, okay, and I didn't know that it would stick I can around. Totally relate and, to the part he's talking about how. Everyone's like looking at you as you're crying, oh, yeah. and a woman crying in public. I'm like, oh god, they think you did something bad as the male. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I look, look like, oh. like well, and as I've gotten older, I just look fucking scarier. The, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like I'm he's like, I know what they're man. thinking. Yeah, this guy's a bad guy. He's a piece yeah. of shit. It's funny. I'm single. He's married. Yeah. I related to the part where I'm like, why are you trying to ruin my fucking day? <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, woman! How do you even fall that you. way? <laughs> pretty nasty fall but yeah that it was a pretty nasty fall (laughs) i mean i talk a lot on like this situation because i well because it'd be weird not to it's like i'm passionate about like topics you know i'm getting asked about things i'm passionate about yeah yeah but at uh yeah to get together or anything i'm usually pretty quiet and Mm -hmm. at home i'm very quiet like i talk about things but but i'm very comfortable uh with silence to the point that i think like it would weird some people out like i can be in a car with somebody i'm like we don't need to say anything for a long so where did the air banjo thing come from? I mean, that is now stuck in my head. Like we, we will literally do it now. On oh, because I was drunk. We're like, oh god right. damn it! Now this stupid air banjo thing just comes out in the middle. Of Funny, drunk is that? That, that that one specifically? Usually the gags, you know, I've it, it all comes out of it's funny. It's like um, time suck plays so well to my natural interest. Where growing up in a little town in Idaho, and um, uh, I don't know, I just had a lot of time by myself. There wasn't, and, and it was before cell phones or anything, so I had to go entertain myself. I didn't necessarily live. In a little town around anywhere where my friends lived, kind of spread out. No, right. so, so you just go out in the woods and just like make up your own things. And so I'm, I kind Once of just ran out of bananas. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. God. I got used to imagining things. <laughs> Banana lover. And and so 
with Time Suck, I write out the episodes because because it's so oh, informative. Really? Yeah. I oh yeah, everything there's like twenty five thousand you know ish word like scripts because I, I want to be efficient. It's like I want to keep people interested. I want the information to be accurate, but then I also layer in you know my humor. But and yeah, I write okay. it, but it's written for my voice conversationally because as I'm writing, I'm sitting on the computer and I'm thinking about these things, and I can write the way I would I talk. And so usually the jokes just come out of a moment where I'm looking at information, and, and I like to capture my first reaction because when I'm looking at information, it's the first time this stuff's hitting me. Uh, like, like I'm trying to think uh, comedically. Like when I first moved to L.A., I wrote a bunch of stuff about L.A. because I knew that six months later I'd be too jaded to have the same organic reactions yeah. and it wouldn't hit me the same. So I wanted to capture that. Like when Lindsay fell, I knew I had to get that thing written in like two days because that's when it all is is new and fresh and real. Before then I can repeat her, it. Before her face heals. That is the thing that he does though. Like we'll be like mid-conversation. He's like, uh, sorry. And he picks up his phone and he starts making a voice recording of like, yeah. I have this thought and this, that, or the other, or this just happened. Or yeah. one of the kids just said one of these things and it it has to be captured immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like a little a magic moment. And, and like, uh, but the air banjo was a rare moment of like, uh, like spontaneity while while it was being recorded, and it be just just because just happened. So it, it just, it just happened. I was just trying to <laughs> irritate like or mess with Lindsay, and then I, and then I think I just got on this kick of like, imagine if I do that all the time. Like it's just such an annoying thing. Correct. I love it. I think it's perfect. What does your wife think about it? I don't know. Give it a try. Let me know. And I've always loved that. Like, what the hell are you doing? Right. Why are you doing? And I've always loved that comedic device of just because I like these people like. Like uh, infomercials, like the people who pitch, you know, crazy, stupid <laughs> yeah. shit. They crack me up because they're so serious about something that, in my opinion, is so dumb. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it's like, how do you take yourself that seriously? So I love that this comedic thing of life. taking a terrible product, you know, uh, e.g., the air banjo, you know, but then be like, oh man, the air hole, the a hole air banjo academy is like, you know, for a quick few lessons. Like, I just love the imagining the person really trying to sell this as an actual business. I'm now thinking back to the Bill Gunnis one where it's the Blue Skies song that you do. You were singing blue. I got who was the guy? It was uh, Bill Gunnis and some freaking famous. Oh, no, it was uh, Albert, Albert Fish. Fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not a famous oh. Oh, He's a terrible he's serial killer. No, I've listened to the oh. whole thing, but I don't know who Albert Fish is. Albert Fish, uh, because <laughs> he was the that. Blue Skies. Yeah. Like, That's pretty damn good. That's blue Skies. <laughs> yeah. I was just writing a little Albert Fish thing actually a little bit ago. Uh, the Bill Gunnis part was the best one. Hangy bangy. He'll say that now. I would text him like, oof, And he's like, oh, God damn it, don't do that. I can't. I'm going to die. That one nearly killed me. <laughs> I almost died. I, almost died. I don't know why. It just—I do get excited about some jokes more than the other, and that was one. Where I was like, "Oh, this is just gonna be fun." This is fun um, to say. The, yeah, there was there's mm. the one I've been having that I think I like. It might be the most imbalanced, maybe so far, of like me liking it, possibly a lot more than the audience. Is this week's? Um, I just these. I was doing Henry Henry Lee Lucas, Otis Tool, these horrific serial killers. That was a terrible one. T- terrible one. Terrible one. They're, they're, and their childhoods were so terrible. But it was so cartoonishly terrible in a backwoods sense. Yeah. Like, that it reminded me of Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a redneck. <laughs> oh, it yeah, was yeah. great. So yeah. then I came up with this character. And I'm like, what if there was like a dark, like a like a Stranger Things upside down version of Jeff Foxworthy? Yeah. And oh, so I'm God. like, what what sounds terrible and rhymes with Jeff Foxworthy? I'm like, Steph Coxcurvy. Oh, and I'm like, 
<laughs> like terrible. And then I picture a guy with like kind of the Foxworthy look, but his like his forehead's bigger. Did you draw it out yet? And, no, but but in my mind, we will have it eventually. My our our, our guy who does our drawings, Logan, uh, is already working on because he texts me the next day. He's Fox like, Kirby. he's like new know, favorite like character. Great. And him and I were talking about. It, I'm sounds like, like a penis pill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that's TD. But I'll picture these people in my it's mind, like and I picture like Jeff, the, the Steph Cox Kirby is like this guy with like a wispy kind of Danny Trejo oh, mustache. <laughs> <laughs> the comb over, but it's thin kind of stuff. It's Uncle Rico almost. Kind yeah, of like yeah, but like a, yeah, like a darker, like a serial killer Uncle yeah. Rico, and he has like a black, uh, like an '80s comedy suit when they wear this. Uh, just like Jeff Foxworthy, but it's like he oh. just says instead of "You might be a redneck," it's "You might be a killer." So it's <laughs> like, like if, if in your childhood a mule was your best friend, and then you brought it home and your mama shot it in the face, you might be a killer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just finished that one this morning, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a good one." But those two, I mean, that's cry. another one. Like, yeah. they they confessed to like two hundred oh, some they're... odd crimes, and they never oh. did. Nope. Because they got rewarded. They yeah. changed everything. People were so much more uh, skeptical of claims after that. Yeah. Because Henry Lucas, specifically, who seemed to be the brighter one, yeah, he just realized. He's like, well, and when you look at their backstory, it makes sense where he liked – he didn't mind being in prison. Like he had a sex life in prison. Uh, he had regular meals. He had a regular bed, which he never had for any length of time when he's on the outside world. He was always hmm. scrambling, doing petty crimes. So it's like when some of those guys, it's like when they're arrested, it's just like, eh, oh, well, all right, let's just hang out here for a while and have fun. <laughs> and, you know, uh, free place to stay. Free place to stay. And he figured out that if he uh, started talking about these other murders, he was already going to be in prison for life, that all of a sudden they were nice to him, you know, mm. and he had a horrible childhood. So he's like, oh, now they're being nice to me. That makes me feel good. So I'm going to keep telling them what they want to hear. And I get what I get rewarded. They would give him extra cigarettes. He was now infamous among the prison, you know, the prisoners. He had special privileges where it's like, don't, you know, I'm sure the prison guards were like, leave him alone. He's valuable to us. Mm -hmm. He's getting protected. And then they started taking him outside of the prison and taking him on essentially big field trips. Sounds him, great. Yeah, yeah. He, he was like, he was like the star. And so, and he knew that the only way to keep that going was to keep confessing to more crimes. What, what's crazy to me is that the Texas Rangers allowed that to happen because they had to have known. But it's like I, I think their thing was they're Close like the cases. We just want to get this shit off the books. Yeah, right. And this guy will say he did it to Too anything. <laughs> but but they should have looked a little harder because it backfired on them because then they got in trouble because finally somebody you know some journalists reached figured out what was going on and it made it to the state attorney general's office and they were like uh, he was work he couldn't have killed one person in Florida and another person was... in in Nebraska <laughs> on a day he was working in Florida and has a paycheck to prove it. At the same time. Oh my God! You guys could have been a little Texas homework. Rangers, yeah. But they're like, yeah, sorry, we just wanted to make our books look good. <laughs> Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, inspirations. Who, who was your? Who, who do you look to the most in terms of comedy for? Not yeah. not necessarily to inspire you, but who did you your listen to? Who would you it, yeah. say is your is your kind of muse? Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's. I have a weird relationship with that because I'm so sensitive to being influenced by uh, other comedians uh. that I probably I don't know out of any comic I've ever met I I have the least amount of knowledge of stand up but oh, like really? by a lot like um I never really watched that much growing it's up true. <clears throat> yeah like George Carlin is my favorite but I like him so much what I have heard that I won't watch any of his stuff uh, because I'm afraid that I will Purist. pick up his mannerisms, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and be influenced. So, so I just really, I, I knew I could, I knew I was funny from an early age to some people. I knew it was, a, and, I, and I always knew it was a limited 
audience, like a niche audience, because I knew that it was too absurd and too weird and that some people would just never get it. And I was always okay with that. And so once I figured out stand-up, I watched other stand-ups early on to understand the format. And then once I understood the format, I just stopped watching stand-up. Hmm. So I really don't watch hardly any stand-up. I'm like, I know what works for me, and I don't care what works for anybody else. So what did you guys do yeah. full-time, each of you guys? I know we talked a little bit before. You were yeah. a realtor in case. She had all kinds of stuff she did. Yeah. yeah. So my life's been weird. Just like So I grew up in Cleveland, and then I moved to L.A. when I was 20, just before my 22nd birthday. And then I worked in film and TV production for a decade. Oh, so. Sweet. Yeah, it was super it, fun. In L, down in L.A.? Down in L.A., okay. yeah, yeah. Super big time. Yeah, ooh, so fancy. Um, <laughs> not really. I mean, it's just like anything. There's always like a grunt side yeah. to oh, it. Yeah. And if you're not the director, right, if you're not the director, the producer, or the, the cast, no one gives a shit. But it's uh, cool what you did because you came yeah. from nothing as far as a sense of like her family, you know, was not well-to-do. No, And had like, zero connections in the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah just so. like super blue-collar background. Like my mm -hmm. dad worked for Ford Motor Company. My mom had an office job. Um, you know, I mean just normal but yeah, not – Yeah, yeah super American, Midwest. Ohio, Ohio yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so then I moved to L.A. and just found my way and figured it out and started making connections. Worked in production for a decade. We and met paid a lot of dues when you worked in production. Like she did some crazy stuff where it's like, uh, you know, they don't get paid shit when they start. Yeah. And she like went out to Boston for something to, like oh, like yeah. a movie and just you know like was sicker than a dog <laughs> and still going and like yeah. taking like whatever public transportation we get and working like they work crazy hours on some mistakes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd work just like, for the opportunity to make. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you start, you're making like uh, you were lucky if you were making 125 dollars a day. So it was like, you know, they would say like, oh, your rate's like 650 or 700 for a week. And then, <laughs> yeah, Thanks. and yeah. they'll buy, some productions will buy you lunch or give you like a cell phone reimbursement or whatever. But it's like, it's not much money and you're working a minimum of 12 hours. Your day is at least 12 That's hours. That's not an exaggeration. Like yeah. it was crazy. Like towards the end when we were living together, like, I would get honestly worried. Like I almost called oh, yeah. the, her union to rat out her shows. She was like, you can't do that. Cause oh. I was legitimately concerned for her safety. Because she would like leave for work at five or six in the morning, be gone all day long, get home at midnight, and, and not like a cushy day, like on your feet, running around all fucking day, and then, and then be like, I have to leave again at five tomorrow morning. And I'm like, you're, you're not even going to get – I'm like, I was worried that she'd fall asleep on the way home. Yeah, well, that's where like the time difference is good. So I'd call my mom, and be like, "Can you talk to me? I'm driving to work. I'm real tired." But you just—I don't know. It's just like anything, though. You just do it and you adjust. And if you, of time too. yeah, and if you mm -hmm. want something bad enough, you will mm -hmm. do whatever it takes. Yeah, right? Funny how much energy you have. Too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and yeah. and I I had moments when I loved it and I had moments when I hated it. And it's interesting to actually even hear like Dan reference all the hours because now that I've been so far removed from it for a few years, I'm like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But if I had to go back and do it again, oh, I'd be like, bad, oh, this is fucking awful. Yeah. Like, this is the worst yeah. thing ever. But you did always love it too. That was I the did. thing. You would, It was always like a love, like hated aspects of it, but loved other aspects of it. Yeah. And it was, it was really, really creative and, and fun. So yeah. So it, and then when we moved here, so I gave up that career so that we could be up here to be with Dan's kids, our kids. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, that's what's crazy kids. about our story, too, for both. Lindsay walked away from her entire career to come up here. And, uh, <laughs> to Idaho. That's yeah, to love. Idaho. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, really true, like, for the for the betterment of the family and everything. And then I also was, I mean, I was hosting a show at Playboy. I, I've been, I had a lot of reality TV contacts randomly that I'd fell into and could have, I could have climbed in that if I would have wanted to. But then I didn't – once we knew we were going to move up here, I didn't pursue it because I yeah. knew I wouldn't be able to keep doing it. So I walked away from – 
50 to 60% of my work options, came up here to do stand-up in a place where I still was worried about, like, and other people were worried, like, uh, what are you doing? Like, like yeah. Mo Mandel, hey, I'll never forget. What's the population of this town? Right. Yeah, yeah, there's a comic named Mo Mandel. He's a great comic, uh, funny dude, uh, L.A.-based, and does a lot of production stuff, too. And he was telling me, we went down to San Diego, and he was opening up at the comedy year. store last year. And he was just amazed at all the time suck people coming out to the show. Like we had like you know some sold out shows and everything, and he was just blown away with the audience coming out because he said that he was talking to some guys at the L.A. Comedy Store the year before, and my name came up, and it was basically this conversation of like, yeah, he had a good run, but you know he went out to Idaho now, and it was like, yeah, he's kind of went out to pasture, he's done. <laughs> and because and, and I thought that you know I'm so proud of us for coming up here. Where Lindsay walked away, and I honestly thought that there was a very good chance that I would my stand up career would wind down quickly. Mm-hmm. And then I would have to figure out something else, and we would just, you know, live have a modest life a up in Idaho. Job. Yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. I became a realtor. Well, that was one of our questions that we always ask mm-hmm. people is too. It's like, y- you guys chose to be here. Yeah, right. Like, you chose to be in Coeur d'Alene, Spokane area. It's like, mm-hmm. what about the area do you guys like? There's a lot of things that we need to work on, right? As a, well, don't we get me started on that. Chose it, like you know, I mean, there's a lot of things yeah. we need to work on. But yeah. what are the positives that you guys see in this area too? I mean, we, we love it, but 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 we would have never moved here had it not been for the kids. Right. I, but we do family. love it now, yeah. now that we're here. Now that we're here, here. yeah. And, yeah. and you adjust and you mm-hmm. you find – it's just like anywhere that you live. You find your people. Mm-hmm. You yeah. find your four favorite restaurants. You complain that there's nowhere else to eat, but even if it existed, you still wouldn't go to those places. Yeah. Because you go – you do your thing. Like when I lived in L.A., I lived in various different neighborhoods. And I'd be like, oh, I wish I had this in my neighborhood. Why? Yeah, I'm still. I'm. You just. You live in your you borough. You live in your hood. Yeah. 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 But we do love it here. I mean, we love the outdoors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is amazing. Like hiking, skiing, which we don't do, but like you, right. you could do yeah, anything yeah. at any time of the year and be outside. So kids are growing and gone. No. Right. No, I'm saying once <laughs> when, are, are gone. hypothetically seven years. Yeah, I'm yeah not when they're counting. Growing, gone. Are you guys gonna stick around or where are you going? I think part time. Split time. I think split we're time. we're gonna keep love our it. place here, but like we love New Orleans. And uh, there's there certain things about Idaho uh, that I love. And I'm from Idaho, yeah. from Riggins, Idaho. Certain things that I love and certain things that I, I don't love, you know, uh, politically in certain ways. Like, I, I mean, I'm more than some people. I'm pretty libertarian. Yeah. But like hardcore conservatives, uh, you know, it's like I've had friends, but it's like I can I could never have a friendship of any depth mm-hmm. with somebody who is real far right because on certain things we're just too philosophically opposed. Mm-hmm. Same thing with in LA actually where Absolutely. I can never have somebody who's super far on the left either. But oh, but there's yeah. but there's a certain like uh well I guess I could just even just say it like um there's a, a very religious conservative like a population here that's just not me. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, um that part kind of Wears a wears on us a little bit moments where you're like you meet somebody it's like oh cool and then like oh you should come to my church and I'm like ah fucking no like, <laughs> for me you know <laughs> it's like it ruins it, it ruins making yeah. friends because yeah. you're you're on opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. and you just feel like you can never be one thousand percent yourself and I, I do have religious friends I, I but it's, yeah, yeah. You do. more if you can get away from that. Because that was politics. Like, we didn't right. one of the yeah. guys this weekend, I'll say, I want to say who or anything, because in case somebody actually listens, and I'll get in trouble. <laughs> is, he went out to dinner. Yeah. And one of the guys in the car, when they were all going out to a little restaurant out north of town here, he, he was saying, he guy's ripping me about, like, who I voted for in the election. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he's lit, lit, lit up, basically. Oh, yeah. 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 And asking about what, who, how, if, yes or no, did, you know, humans cause global warming? Like, right. you want a yes or no answer on that? Like, right. what? And, and so then weird. It's like, he did the 
thing to him. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you kidding me? We're all a bunch of professionals in a limo. Yeah. Like, driving wow. out to a restaurant in wow. here. Talking politics and trying to rip me a new one about like, but that was a little left leaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and left leaning one, and it's like, and, and, that's, and that's also annoying. Yeah, uh, it's, it's annoying in both directions. Extremes, oh, yeah. are, yeah. Bad. extremes are bad. Exactly. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's like, but be a normal yeah. person. I did, but there is a thing here. Yeah. Like, just after living, like, I grew up in Cleveland. I was raised Roman Catholic. Like, you know, was practicing until I was eighteen, and then I was allowed to not go to church anymore. So I stopped, and and made my own choices. Moved to LA. Very seriously considered um, Judaism. Just because oh, they they push you Your very nose hard. Isn't big enough. What's that? My nose isn't big enough. <laughs> but I do like to mother people <laughs> and feed them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, lots of food, lots of mothering. So I got that yeah. down. Uh, but but Judaism, they encourage you to always ask the questions, ask and ask and ask and yeah. ask, pursue and learn and and there's no right enlightenment and there's no wrong question. Like you're never going to get in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt very strongly about that it did not happen and now i'm just very very agnostic all that being said it's very different to be in la where there are people of so many different religions mm-hmm. having constructive yeah. conversation as opposed to being here where it's like oh you don't believe in god you're going to fucking well, hell like yes. it's immediate there is no oh let's have a conversation about that there's no respect for me not believing as what they human, believe yeah. mm-hmm. so it, it just yeah it grates on me and it's taken it makes it hard to find friends well, it's sad for them it's like you kind of forget one of the underlying we were talking about this yesterday in one of our recordings it's like right. love thy neighbor as yeah. thyself yeah, 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 yeah. and believe in God those are really the only right. two things that <laughs> uh, matter if you're religious and I think yeah. that, like why it wears us is like, like yes there's plenty of people that you're not gonna like that we would not like in LA but we would not yeah. like them for a variety of reasons. Like there, yeah. there's just such a wide variety of people. Um, here, it's like almost always the same kind of person. So then that mm-hmm. becomes bigger in your head. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we, absolutely. We, we're like, I'm so annoyed with this type of person because that's 90% of who I meet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, where it's not like I, uh, I'm more annoyed by that in general than other types. You just need to come to Spokane just... more, I guess. <laughs> then it's only 80. <laughs> 80. <laughs> yeah. But New, New Orleans, we just really like the um, – uh, I like the history there where it's like... Sinful uh, nature of it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Sinful nature. But, yes, um, yes, yes. I mean, the musical, the, the the appreciation for music there is, you know, another thing. We both love music and, you know, maybe wanting to yeah. go to live music more than the average you know person would. So that part's cool. And then also, you know, in America, there's not that many cities that have a long kind of history of being a city. Like New Orleans is one of the oldest that mm-hmm. way. I, like, I've always loved Europe that way. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to school in England for a while, like when I was in college and just like in London and was just and just like... Loved how I'd be studying in a building that was in use and older than any building in North America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the, the entire loved, country. Yeah, exactly. Entire, and and New Orleans just it, it gives me a little nostalgia vibe of that too. So I'm like, well, I, I like say that. it's like you'd be walking down the streets and like, no, what's this plaque say? It's like, oh, yeah, what? Is this Ernest Hemingway's house. Like, what the heck? Like, yeah. it's awesome. Oh, I love how over here it's like you know like a historical place. It's like this place was built in 1941. <laughs> yeah. <And> it's like <laughs> like in, in Europe that'd be it like, it was oh, a cow pasture. Always cracked me up. I'm like, my school was older than this right, <laughs> right right and it's still there yeah yeah <laughs> still exactly. it hasn't been updated <laughs> right everything everything's fine you don't need yeah. air conditioning yep yep yeah, yeah. yeah. have you say. ever and this is coming back to time suck a little bit here have you ever found a subject that is just and, and i find humor in everything it can yeah. be the darkest subject and i'll make sure. a joke i can be at a funeral make a joke it's just yeah, it's yeah just me too. Wired. have you ever found a subject that you're just like fuck this i cannot record this you know it, it, one one so far um that we had the in- initial research done sometimes we'll have students you know put together some stuff to get me kind of started mm-hmm. 
And it was a, and it was one I assigned too because it was a story I was familiar with when I was younger and kind of tried out social work. But Sylvia Likens, it's this uh, Indiana. Yep. And they burn. She was in the bed. Burn. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I hate Indianapolis because of that. Because of that story. Yeah. It's so brutal. So awful. It's and there's no. Okay, the closest one I've come to since then, I would say, in terms of brutality, is Joseph Fritzl. Mm -hmm. But at least at the end of that one, he goes to jail. At least there's a kind of – yeah, exactly. She gets out. She's taken care of. Another one was like the toy box killer. At least he gets caught and goes to jail. There's no redemption in the story of Sylvia Likens where woman, neighbor of this fucking poor girl – brutalizes her in such a sadistic way where like encourages other children to rape her and oh. th- like it's, it's beyond really horrific awful. then she, when she uh then she she dies like the girl like dies from the abuse then the woman goes to jail for a little while and then gets released and gets to live the rest of her life in freedom mm-hmm. and i'm like fuck this whole story like <laughs> yeah. there's just just get yeah. angry yeah yeah, yeah. exactly Have you heard me You're ripping kidding. on indianapolis like it's uh, a shithole anyway, and sorry if you're from Indianapolis. <laughs> you're from Ohio, you know. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it's a. Sh- <laughs> they have, and, and I'm a basketball fan, and it's a home of basketball, and so I despise Indianapolis so, because of Sylvia. Like that's story. The, that's fascinating. It's, yeah, I just I remember reading about it. That stuff like. Like you said, beyond horrific. You can't yeah, beyond absolutely. horrific. Do you have to go see a yeah. counselor for some of the stuff that you talk about? Jeez, that's... No, I have a, a pretty healthy respect on all of it where it's like, you know, it's like... Uh, and, and I'll do light, lighter subjects here and there, but I am aware no matter how dark the subject is, it's yeah. like, this isn't everybody. Yeah. You know, this is an, this is an outlier. This is an aberration. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like darkly fascinating, but I'm like, that's not how the world usually works. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, Indianapolis... Because um, totally do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Indianapolis, um, I, I used to perform there all the time, and I'm actually going to be there... In a few weeks, cool. and, and no, but to your point though, I, I I do like Indianapolis, but it has, it's interesting. Sometimes you think of like, or I would think of like, oh, it's a big city, and there's a, there's a more aggressive in what I've noticed, and I've traveled all around the country for a long time. Certain places, mostly in the south, but also sometimes in cities that are like where union places, like you know, like Indiana, uh, in Indianapolis, like a, a far more aggressive redneck thing, where it's like people will stereotype Idaho. I've only been yelled out of a car, had somebody driving by, just because all I'm doing is walking down the street and just yell at me, fucking faggot, yes. only two times in my whole life. Indianapolis both times. What? Oh, my God. And, 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 and after what spending a lot of time. Terrible. says that? That, that? I made a joke about that when I was what? in Indianapolis. What? That's what it's like. Were like, you really like, skinny then? I was skinnier, but I was carrying a notebook, and I'm like, was it the fact that I had a notebook? Were you wearing skinny jeans with Converse? No, I okay. no. But I'm like, was it like the kind of notebook wait, I had? Was it wait. because it was collegiate ruled? Did that like bother them? Were you wearing a deep V T-shirt? Not even a deep V. Because he was really into the American Apparel, like super oh, deep, deep V. v yeah. I did. I yeah. did yeah. deep you V for a while. You get a at the time or what? I know. Yeah. Well, the second time, I mean, I was. It's like it was. I had to stop fucking the guy in front of me for a second. Like, hey. Uh, <laughs> Why would you say? Why was it about me? No, but it's just crazy that like I wasn't surprised after having spent time in it where it's like it's interesting in certain places like Florida and places that I have fun doing shows. But there is – oh, my gosh. Like the worst example. Okay, West Virginia. Um, I was in Pullman, West Virginia – or Pullman Square in Huntington. Excuse me. Huntington was the name of the town. And it blew me away at the time hearing this but after doing more traveling I was like oh, okay this makes sense where it's like you know you grow up in Idaho and again I get the stereotype that, oh a bunch of skinheads bunch of ne-. I never saw any of yeah. that growing up yeah. right. I was never around any aggressive racists no they, they weren't were. yeah. Yeah. But 15 then, minutes yeah. but then in Huntington there is such a in the south there is uh, the, the t- certain rednecks are so much more uh, 
Backwards? I'm trying to think of like no, they're committed. Maybe that's what I want. They're, they're so much more committed to being pieces of shit. But they're accepted <laughs> like, as well. Right, they're accepted. Yeah, by yeah their that's own. true. And, yeah. and and they have been they have been hardcore racist for like ten generations. Like, and I right, remember with, th- with no apologies, with no apologies, and no like fucking wave every Confederate flag. And there was this one guy, this uh, this waiter, and he was like talking about. And he was a totally cool college kid, talking about how his friend. His friend's dad was from out in the country around uh, Huntington, and his friend's dad had a dog named the N-Word. The dog was named that, not a nickname. That's bad. Hey, come here, followed by that word. And it's like openly, out in public, like, hey, N-Word, get over here. Ooh. And I'm like, that is imagine? a fucking level wow. that I've never been around personally in my life. Yeah, but it's like backwards. I can't yeah. 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 And there's plenty of good people down there as mm-hmm. well. But there is that for that element. I, I, I always said that growing up, I was around pretend racists. Yeah. A bunch of banjo playing backwards. <laughs> but like <laughs> in Riggins, I would say I grew up around theoretical racists. Because they never actually met people from other yeah. cultures that they supposedly yeah. hated. It's hard to be racist when you're right. all a white community. Oh yeah, with nobody else around. Like how do you? Yeah, who are you the, racist? Right? To? How who are you yeah. angry? Like one of the first jokes I ever had was like, "I'm sick of the Mexicans coming in here and uh, I don't know, god dang it, uh, getting gas quick and hopping back in their cars, yeah, and yeah. Take, taking off, you know? <laughs> like there's nothing. Because I've never really seen no one. Because I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never met one. Never. Yeah. I don't live around any. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no substance to it. It's just. No. Yeah, but down mean, there they do live around and they're mm-hmm. like oh I fucking hate these people mm-hmm. that's hate yeah, yeah. I can't, and you know we're, we're dealing with it in the UK now I, I live here now I've okay. been here since yeah. 2003 but Brexit there's a suck for you yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah I don't that's know enough about Brexit or much nobody about knows Brexit. anything about Brexit the fucking people have voted <laughs> even for it even though yeah. <laughs> um, it's why multiple PMs no, in the last year yeah one one Prime Minister called for the the uh, what do you call it the referendum Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, fuck this. They he's voted like, for it. Through. He got out. Yeah. Another another PM tried to push it through. And then she's like, oh, fuck this. And now we've got a third PM trying to push it through. It's just a big but, split from the European Union, right? Well, like, or is yeah, there's kind of? more to it than that. Oh, you've okay. just, you've got monetary agreements. You've got a trade agreement. You've okay. got open borders. And so I have a, an open EU borders, passport. But with like constitutions. Oh, no. So, right now, so it would make it harder for you to travel. I can go and work in Poland if I want without ah, getting a, a visa. That's right. Because I've got that passport. But the second we're out the EU... You all, need a visa, to, not just to travel to some places, but if you want to go and work. Oh, that there's sucks. There's so much to huh. it, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then you've got, you, you did the IRA, you know the Good Friday Agreement? With right, the IRA. right, right, right. Well, part of the, the, the Good Friday Agreement is there will be no hard border between the North and the South. You can essentially decide whether you're from the Republic yeah, of Ireland yeah, yeah. or the North, which you want to be. Right, right. But with but a hard border, you can do that. That's true, that's true. So, so it's going to affect that, that and... Um, I was saying, wow, so like, split up families more. But the reason Brexit this is was like Germany all over. Voted oh yeah, mm-hmm. was the, the politicians and everybody talking about fucking foreigners coming to the UK and taking all their jobs and oh, raping God. all their women and and it's like, where do you live? Like, is this happening in the high street? Right. Because that's all the Polish people I know work really. And I'm talking literal Polish people coming <laughs> to Scotland. Yeah, yeah, work hard. Right. good jobs, take care of the shit they're supposed right. to take care of, and they're mm-hmm. good people. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But yet you want to talk about... I people have short. It. People have short memories. You know, the U.S., it's like, that's what I... In the immigration episode, where it's like, it's not a new argument. It's like, right now, it's Hispanics, but it has been the Irish, it has been the Italians, it yeah. has been, you know, like the... Pol- mm-hmm. I mean, it, on, so it's been Chinese. Yeah. Right. It's like... But, but every step along the way, it wasn't like America was this melting pot because it was always this country of open arms. It's never been a country of open arms. It's been a country of small periods of open arms mm-hmm. followed by, get the fuck out of my country. <laughs> you know, the new, gener- the new people come in, 
they immediately in one generation, this is my thing now, and then somebody who doesn't look and talk like them comes in and they feel threatened. It's like we're such weird herd creatures. There's a whole psychological phenomenon called mm-hmm. us. It's the us versus them phenomenon. And it's how you will assign traits to members of your group, however you define that group. Let's say uh, J- let's say John's in your group. Some guy named John's in your group and John's being a dick. Well, then you're like, John's not a dick. He's a great guy. He's just being a dick right now. But then you meet somebody from another group being a dick and it's not like Terry. Terry's not being a dick. Terry is a fucking dick. <laughs> right. You know, because you don't know them. Yeah. And that's what we do with like with groups of cultures. We're like, you know, you, you have one negative interaction and then you assign that trait to every member. And like that, it's crazy the arguments people make. Like the whole like uh, – I, I would hear the stereotype growing up about like lazy Mexicans. Yeah. I've never been around a harder working culture in my life. You're kidding. No. Right. Like, I don't know a like, single lazy Mexican. I don't know fact. a single one. I've never met a single lazy I've, – I've seen a lot of lazy white people. Correct. You know, which I, I've never seen because – they have to work their fucking asses off to survive. Talk about they'll take the jobs that nobody else will. Yeah, just absolutely. Just because they're so happy to yeah. get a job. I always love that there. argument yeah. of like, oh, they're taking our jobs. Oh, really? You wanted to go pick fruit? Yeah. For six <laughs> yeah. bucks a day? That's yeah. what you were dying to do? And yeah. send half of it to a different country? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no to take care of your family who would starve to death? But how yeah. are they supposed to, you know, buy their PlayStation games on six dollars an hour? Or oh right, my right. god! Go home and sit on their butts. Oh my god! Yeah, it's crazy. But it's like it's that thing, and then like Scandinavia is going through that now, where it's like that xenophobia that it just keeps yeah. repeating itself over and over again. Cool. And it will continually. Yeah, yeah. For all short, time, short short I think the internet is a game changer because. We've always had this ability to cleanse the past, right? Oh, maybe so, we won't oh, anymore. Thirty yeah. or forty years ago, people talking about the the. Um, yeah, stories get lost. Native Americans and the horrible things that were done to them were looked at as being loonies. And now that it's documented yeah. and people can read about it and find it, you don't need to go to university to learn about the, the history and the cultures that have been yeah. oppressed. Yeah. Now, now it's right there. But not, not to be a You're, doom and gloom, but the problem we're having with the internet, and, I, and, I, and that's what I think, like mm-hmm. in, in, in good moments, I'm like, okay, we have all this knowledge. But we also have the age of conspiracies and the rise of conspiracy theorists. And if you don't have good you, – you understand yeah. the difference because you have good critical thinking skills. You're like, you know, the second I saw you, you, know, you can just tell it like, like both of you guys. It's like, okay, clear look in their eyes, the way they carry themselves. These guys are educated. They're motivated. They're lucid thinkers. Unfortunately, if you look at the bell curve, a lot of people do not fall into that category. And those people have a tougher time discerning good info from bad info. Mm-hmm. And then what, what's really scary is there's some new artificial intelligence developments that are concerning people with uh, knowledge in general on the web where there are um, programs that can simulate a voice. It can study. Oh, yeah. they, did, yeah. they tested it with Joe Rogan, one company in Canada. And they were able to figure out exactly how Joe Rogan speaks. And they were able to like feed this machine code. And if you just listen to the audio – you would swear on your life Joe that Joe Rogan is saying whatever the fuck they're programming Joe Rogan to say. Wow. And then there's hologram technology and there's other things that they've debuted at like Just Coachella and stuff. And, then, yep. and, they can, and they're getting better at looking like people. Scary. And it's only going to be Scary. five or six years before you could watch a video of someone that looks exactly like a living celebrity, news person, whoever, saying things that sound exactly like the way they – and you will not be able to tell it apart. Mm. And, and talk about like propaganda – it could be or That's fake news. New it, political. Oh, it could go to yeah. nuclear. Yeah. It could go yeah. nuclear, and like people could push using the the bot system that the Russians and stuff kind of mm-hmm. use and hackers, where you could truly, if you had the money, you could you could force a narrative unlike any propagandist has ever been able to force a narrative before. It's, so yeah. that's what's going to be scary coming up. Joe Rogan's another one that I just love, by the way. Oh, he's great, you, man. Do you listen to his podcast? I, I, I don't listen to him because I can't listen to stuff and I have mm-hmm. so much content to work on all the time. I can't do both. But 
he is so inspirational with what he's done with his career. Yeah, he is. It's like he. It's like he hacked. Uh, it's like he unplugged from the Matrix. Yeah, and found mm-hmm. out a whole other way to live. Where I'm like, well, you fucking what? Yeah, I, I, this is. I won't say cube. It's like it's not verified, but somebody I, I really trust with a lot of knowledge inside of podcasting was doing some estimates, but like very educated estimates of how much he makes. <laughs> how much Joe Rogan makes? It's, how much Joe Rogan makes? It's so depressing. Like, over ninety million a year. Yeah. On oh. just the podcast. Well, the first just six the minutes of every podcast is commercial. Well, you're you're not you're <laughs> yeah. far off that though now, right? Right. We are. It goes Joe Rogan, Bill Burr. Dan I mean, maybe oh maybe ten percent of it. Maybe you're ten. Oh my god. I only need ninety million for one year, and then I'm retired. Yes. Oh right. my god. Oh my god. Could you imagine? And he essentially works out of I mean, house. Let's be real. You could do yeah. nine million in one year, and you could get taxed on it, and have your four and a half million, and still be <laughs> still be well, fine. Still be yeah. fine. That's crazy. That's pretty yeah. simply. That's, you know, 200 um, grand, quarter million a year. Yeah. So our podcast came about for two reasons. Last yeah. year, we were having a record year. I do a credit card processing and payroll and things like that. I sell it. Cool. And I was having a record year. And this guy was having a record year, basically taking other people's money and making them more money. He can't guarantee that, though. So Sure, 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 sure. We'll but, scrub that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Great. he's a financial planner. Okay, and, okay. Uh, <laughs> we were kind of near the end of the year. We're like, what the hell are we going to do next year? How do we stay accountable? Because we, we were doing coffees and helping each other, trying to help each other. Yeah. And the podcast came out of it. And yeah. now we're getting close to the end of the year, but we talk business and fitness, and the idea is that by the close of 2019, we want our business to be in the best shapes of our adult lives. I've lost about 30 pounds. You're down That's awesome. 25. 20. So Good job, guys. We're getting there. Business yeah. and fitness are moving. So you can't so, binge three inches anymore. It's great. That's how awesome. do you guys balance kids, podcast, fitness? I know that you Travel. guys do keto stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just getting a little bit of balance, like just after a couple of years. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Well, you said you just found a gym too and everything. And yeah, because I mean, we got to be able to push people out of the sidewalk, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, I've lost like, so much strength yeah, from like always being on a computer. Now well, yeah, that's the thing is it's so tricky. Like you'll go through phases where things will kind of stabilize for like a month or two and you're yeah. like, oh my God, there's light at the end routine. of the tunnel. Yeah. Yes, routine. Yeah. We can do this, this, and this, and we can get to these workouts and we can have these kinds of meals. And yeah. like a lot of that falls on me, like being like, okay, okay, here's the window in the day that you have. Here's yeah. 45 minutes that you can get to the gym. Here's the meals that I've prepped for the week. But if I fall off, then the whole household kind of falls off with it. And it, it just is hard because there's a lot of factors. There's two podcasts being recorded a week, and now we've added a third, yeah. which makes it really difficult. Yeah, just because I, I have to do prep for all of mm-hmm. those to get them ready, that's the time killer is the prep. Yeah. yeah. There's you know employees that have to be managed. There's merch that has to be managed. And, yeah. and that's just the business. Then there's, there's a whole stand-up career. Right. There's a whole stand-up career. We chose to let go of Dan's manager last year. Just It just wasn't smart anymore. It wasn't mm-hmm. a good use of money. So now I do everything that she did. Uh-huh. So it's like I have home boss role uh-huh. managing the stand-up career. And like I'm a, a pretty big part of that. And then yeah. managing the podcast and then managing two kids that we have every other week, which in some people's minds are like, oh, that's so great because like you get breaks. But on the break weeks, it's like, well, then you're making up for everything you lost the week before. There's just no consistency. Mm-hmm. He's out of town every other weekend. Yeah. Yeah, we've had I'm to, not like, answering the question. I'm just telling no, you all but, the shit I have to take care of. <laughs> so the balance is tough. Damn it, it Dan. It's your fault, she's well, saying. Well, and I, no, it's, it's like it, the job. Yeah. I don't know. Like My role in the relationship is to create the space to allow him to create the things that he's creating. You know, it's like you have to know. I don't know. People get so weird about their egos and like, oh, I have to be this and I have to be that. And I have moments where I'm like, hey, I'm doing all of this. I don't care 
to have that kind of acknowledgement because in our relationship, there's a lot of thank you. Yeah, you know, yeah. thank you for doing this so that I can make time suck, so that I can do yeah. the secret suck. Because the way his brain works. It's a good marriage balance and yeah. appreciation for each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's like the key balance, whether you're single or in a relationship, is like finding out like, okay, what can I take on and what can I handle? What can I outsource to somebody else, yep. your partner your or your friends, yep. mm-hmm. right? And then making that, sticking to that and sticking to your in your lane, as my dad always says. If you're, yeah, if you're an entrepreneur, like, uh, like it, you have to have such a supportive partner, mm-hmm. where it's like because it's going to take so many hours, and all likelihood, whatever kind. Of, if you're really trying to like cut through the noise of your business and really kind of like succeed out of the heap of, yeah. you know, kind of mediocrity in that, you generally are going to have to outwork the competition, and that just takes time. There's no shortcut for that. We were just talking about this before with Jesse Pierpoint. You know, Jesse, the artist uh, Jesse Pierpoint. That's mm-hmm. a little artist. You have to go open. check it out. Oh downtown. no, I don't know. Cool, 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 yeah. But uh, he does amazing art. Yeah. And we were talking about how it took him like five years. And I wrote a piece just recently on it. It's like, it, it finance too. It's like, it just takes yeah. so much longer than you want. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any traction. Yep. In this, and it's you're just like, oh, this isn't working. And so most people quit, right? Right, exactly. Right. Like, the only difference between people who are successful and those who aren't is that I just worked longer than you. And that's stand totally up. Totally stand up, too, where it's like, I read that my year one, I read that about stand up, where it's like, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah. And if you can just hang in the game and keep getting better and keep actively working on it, it's like that 10,000 hour kind yeah, of thing. Just keep going. Just keep and, going. And that's been true for me, where it's like, you know, yeah, like we've been doing really well the last couple of years, yeah. but it took almost like 20 years to get there yeah. and and then yeah exactly and now it's and, and that's why i've worked so hard on the podcast too because i i wouldn't have worked this i wouldn't have appreciated it if it would have happened year three yeah i know how rare this opportunity is to have something that's growing mm-hmm. organically and so i know how important it is to throw fuel on the fire yes and right. without Lindsay, i couldn't have thrown yeah, the amount coast. of fuel on the fire so yeah. it's like we knew it's like our best chance was for me to work like crazy on this. And I mean, I would get like four hours of sleep on a regular basis, work until two in the morning, get up at six, start over again, just to give this while she did everything else to get it to the place that we've just gotten to in the last month. So I did have a plan in my head where I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to work like said. crazy. Yeah, yeah like awesome. now it's kind of turned a corner. It seems more stable. Hopefully this new podcast does well. And now I'm like, okay, now I can shift gears a little bit take my foot off the gas and take care of myself so I don't burn out yeah. and then kill it. You know, so again, thinking like long-term. Yeah, so now, you still got a long ways to go. Still got a long ways to go. But now I'm like, okay, now I have to, in order to get to that next step, now I have to take care of myself because mm-hmm. if I keep working like at the pace I've worked the last couple of years, I'll, I'll be burnt out in a couple of years and I'll be dead in 10. Mm-hmm. Like I'll have a heart attack, I'll have a stroke or you know, something. It's like, it's not yeah. healthy to work that no. many hours. Yeah. So now it's like eating healthier. Uh, I just got a membership. But again, everything's strategic. Like I didn't get a membership at a cool gym, whatever. I'm like, what? It's it's uh, 24 hours. It's open all the time. It's really close to where I'm at, and it just allowed. It has easy parking. I think we drove It's by super it. efficient. You know, so everything is built on efficiency. It's like today I was annoyed at lunch because it took too long to get my fucking lunch, and I'm like done with this place. I'm like I'm gonna start ordering in stuff, so, and I'm gonna time it so I can leave work, work out, come back, eat, be right back to work within an hour. It's like I think about everything in terms of time now. Yeah. It's like what can efficiency, efficiency, you efficiency, have to. efficiency. You yeah. Have a new to. sponsor for you get a meal company to sponsor you. We have one, yeah. But I need the, now. I need, but a lot of times they're ones that you have to cook, oh, which okay. is great. You need like the pre-packaged. But I want everything it's just done good for dinner Boom. when you get home. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you just yeah. I don't know. You just figure it out. And everybody has their own things that they need. It's like Dan and I. Dan can sacrifice a workout. I can't. Like. Yeah. It, my happiness and my like my like physical well-being mental well-being is very closely tied to mm. my health mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if i go 
two weeks without a workout, it's like a lot of tears for no reason. It's a lot of crankiness for no reason. The moment I start working out again, it's like, oh, great. okay. So like he has to accept that I need that. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like he, it's not that he doesn't want it, but it's just, it's just different. So each person, yeah. it's so individualized. I think I'm better than some about seeing the long-term goals and just was when I was younger too. And so it was a very intentional, I like to plan things out like five, 10 years in my head. Mm. You know, if, if things keep going on this way or what do I need to do to keep things on track? And I, I just, I had this image in my head all the time where I'm like, okay, I can, I can run the engine in red for two years. Like I can burn it for yeah. two years. But then I knew the whole time, like after, whether or not it's going wet, I got to back off the pedal. Before I die. And, yeah, before yeah. I yeah. die, yeah. yeah. Well, to your point, there's just something about that. For me, the cathartic nature of this, just every morning I have to do it. If yeah. I don't start my day with it, I don't feel right. And I'm yeah. more like you, Dan. And if I go multiple you can days. sacrifice and well, go I back. Well, I hate even the gym yeah. and people just and all the noises and all the people around. I'm just like, get away from me. Yeah, I don't love people. Yeah. I'm starting to yeah. run, but it, you there know, you, you just... But you do. You just you figure it out. You haven't the Peloton crew yet? Like 95% oh, of America? Yeah. We don't have a spot for a Peloton in our Maybe house. Maybe they sponsor you. I, I don't know where I would put it. You can put, put it right downstairs. here, right in front of your computer. And put, just put, put an episode on the Peloton. You can put it right behind the couch downstairs, but then that kills your uh, vision I, for the rest of the room. Exactly. I get very <laughs> hung up on like it all being exact, but I have yeah. far too many just buy gym memberships. Just down from the ceiling. Just buy a new house. You can, can you just buy me a new well, house to accommodate well, my be, Peloton? If, if the business keeps growing, that's a real thing now that we've thought about. Is in an ideal scenario, again, just going with that efficiency thing because yeah. I do think studio of – Studio on the property. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would be gym in the studio. It would be everything in there, like a proper lunchroom with the stove and everything. Like, you know, like it would all be set mm-hmm. up so if you needed to in a day, you would never have to leave. Yeah. You know, it's like – and I'd have an outdoor workspace to get fresh air, like to have all of that built in with our dogs, have a space to let them run. Everything is built on yeah, like – Where's the dog? They're, they're home right now. They're, they're home. home right now. Yeah. The Rock does that. The Rock's got his own gym. He calls it the Iron Paradise. Awesome. That's awesome. I mean, that guy, if, his schedule. Dude, he's, a, he's awesome. He's, he's a beast. He's got to be on all kinds of shit, right? Yeah. Oh, no I'm sure. Well, and, and just nutritional, you know, like, yeah. uh, I'm Have sure he knows. Diet? No, I've never, what but I'm sure, it, I'm sure he knows. I'm sure it's methodical. Yep. It's six and a half thousand calories a day. Holy crap. I'd be so fat. 7,000 calories a day. Wow, to keep that muscle mass. Yeah. Dang. He drinks chocolate milks this big. He's, like a, he's a big unit though. He's like six he's eight, foot. right? Yeah, he's oh, a okay, huge yeah. guy. Yeah. That's that's. Yeah. I'm amazed by that mentality because I've I've always like. I, I feel like I'm trying. I've been trying to retrain my brain the last couple years, but I feel like most of my life I was like a hardworking, lazy person. <laughs> where it's like I'm working hard, but in my head I'm like, man, I can't wait to be lazy. Yeah. Like I can't wait just to lay around and do nothing. I don't think people like The Rock think that way. No, yeah. they, no. They, they wake up just like woo, like let's let's go, you know, like let's go, let's go, and they're like excited. I'm like yeah. I'm trying to. How I'm trying to shift that? my temperament. Yeah, how do you do that? Yeah. You know, just little, little, um, I do believe in the power of semantics. And so I mm-hmm. tell myself, like, I don't have to be here. I choose to be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's a gift that I get to do what I like. You know, yeah. I can do it. So we I, did a lot of that last yeah. year. Like, every night before yeah. bed or every in the morning, we wake up, we each had like a few gratitude. And we just said yeah. it to ourselves, but yep. like, gratitudes and then like whatever you were working towards. So it's like, yep. this year, you know, I'm doing this to be able to go on this trip or like well, i don't know whatever yeah. you know and well it's just uh, the idea good... of speaking it into yep. reality yeah right? yeah, yeah. the same idea with believe vision that. boards there's a book yep. about it oh yeah, yeah. i believe yeah. In that stuff you know yeah. uh, a thing that unlocked my brain and it was interesting just because i used to play a lot of video games as a kid it was from the nerdist this book the nerdist way by chris hardwick hmm. and it was just um he was talking about trying to speak to gamers to, like there's a lot of gamers who are not 
not doing as well as they would like to in their normal life. Like, let, let's use a stereotype <laughs> of the Cheeto dust and then the basement and too heavy and yeah, beanbag chair, naked bean bag chair exactly, and yeah, the boxers, the... but killing it in some game that's actually pretty difficult to do well in. And he was like, what if the basic philosophy is what if you took the mentality that you're putting towards that game and just shifted the focus towards your life? And treat your life like a video game. You know how to level up. You know how to defeat bosses at the end mm-hmm. of the rounds. And it sounds silly, but it spoke so well to me. And I'm like, I really uh, built that into the fabric of time suck early on. And I looked at it like, take emotions out of it. Th- to pretend I'm working for somebody else. Pretend this is a game I'm trying to beat. Here's the rules of the game, you know, loosely. How do I get to the next level? And then I get there. How do I get to that next level? And for me, maybe it just was happenstance that it kind of coincided. But for me, it's, it's worked. So well, far, anymore you yeah. just get paid to play video games. Those people, well, there's that. Oh my god, a year playing video when it, games. When a Fortnite tournament, I yeah. know. I'm like, what? The, they can make how much? But you know, oh. I mean, it's so competitive. I, I do uh, see them as like uh, an athlete in their own right. In that sense, where I'm like, they're not just half at like like I, I've played they are against fully committed. I played against my son, who is not nearly as good as he doesn't play it all the time like those guys do, and I can't even. I'm so bad, and I used to play a lot of games as a kid. But he's so much better than me that it's I won't even play anymore because like it just makes it matter. I just die the second I appear somewhere. <laughs> like with, at yeah. that point, you just say, "Listen, you little bastard! I gave up a life in LA and Rich <laughs> for yeah. you. The only yeah. reason I'm here is you. Let me live in Fortnite. <laughs> Let me win every once in a while. Protect me in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, we want well, to be respectful of your time. Yeah. So, um, so we should wrap it up. We, uh, we really enjoyed this. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, we've been going for yeah. a while. I, I know. I'm like, do we have to? Or anything? I've been. I've got. I had notes, and I just. I like. I saw this. I know. And I, I respected like, that. Yeah. I was like, I love a plan. So I, I hit them as of. We got together got before and had a little chat about what we were yeah. going to talk Good. about. In case. And we we have. In case you were boring. Pretty much yeah. everything I think. Cool. Good. Um, before we go though. Yeah. Social media. Let's talk where people can find you guys. I mean, you guys are huge reviews. I mean, eight thousand some odd reviews. Yeah, and iTunes you've done well. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, good job. Good job. <laughs> good job. I mean, Lindsay, Lindsay's um, queen of the suck, which is a reference, obviously, to Time Suck. Yeah, Lindsay Fina. We're like, yeah, well, how do, how do we <laughs> to you? Yeah. And then Dan Cummins Comedy is the one I have, and then um, and then really to find the podcast. I mean, it's so easy now. Where you, if you just Google Time Suck or Scared to Death, you'll find it, and yeah. then you can go to the player that you choose to use. Um, we have an app that we're pretty proud of. That eventually, I think Scared to Death will be on, but we're gonna shift the times. The Time Suck app is a new one's coming out very soon. That's going to be. It's so it's cool. So the, great. the beta version. It's a totally different operating platform than our current one, and it's light years ahead of it. And I think the current one works great on mine, but this new one is, I really think, like a next level kind of app. And then, and then eventually, what we'll have is the Bad Magic Productions app. Cool. And then you, well, there'll be a subfolder of Scared to Death, Time Suck, Is We Dumb, like our little family of podcasts, Love it. all within an app there. I like it. Yeah. The little podcast empire, you guys. Are we're trying to have a little little we cult are, empire. We're giving it our all. We're gonna be a good cult. We're gonna be good cool. We go. No sex with no. other women. No one's getting fucked in the woods. <laughs> unless you guys are in unless, the woods. Unless Lindsay and I are in the woods. Yeah. 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 Unless we go camping. Then yeah. Lindsay's probably gonna get fucked in the woods. So. But other well, than that, I like to go camping. Will. Or maybe I'll get fucked. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We appreciate you guys. <laughs> we appreciate our listeners. Um, and we always sign off like this, so sorry for the cheese, but be good to yourselves and to each other. I love that. Boom. <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
bye now. <laughs>